What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, so we're recording now. Okay. And... All right, and you want me to count you down? Or? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm count down from five. Okay. All right. Okay. And five, four, three, two, one. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night. April 12, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com and any place that you listen to your podcast. I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. Uh, it's just two of us tonight. Jason had to take another week off. Uh, he's had some, some busy stuff at work. We're definitely going to miss his input this week. But without further ado, <clears throat> from the Rob the Genius Podcast, the Minister of Truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. How's it going, sir? Uh, not too bad. Can't complain. Good to be back. <laughs> yep. And uh, the, my audio is going to be a little off tonight. I am not in the pod cave. I am actually recording remotely. Uh, took a little vacation, went up to see my dad, spending the week with him. Uh, but the show doesn't end. Um, you know, I'm unlike Jason, who... Just leading by example and what we tell you guys all the time, take a little break from this wrestling thing. Jason is taking a little break from this wrestling thing for a while as we are in the post-WrestleMania doldrums. Um, you know, WrestleMania came and went. We had a lot to talk about last week. You can go back and listen to that. We did two different episodes, uh, one talking about the WrestleMania wrap-up, and then we talked about the fallout from WrestleMania and got into a rather deep discussion with DC Tunney and Ray Cash on here. You can go check both of those episodes out if you want. But, uh, Rob, you know, we're, we're heading into that period, you know, spring and heading into summer where things really kind of kind of dip off, at least from the in-ring stuff and, and to a lesser degree wrestling news. As we know, you know, pro wrestling never sleeps. Um, and, and if it gets stagnant long enough, either, you know, somebody on in Stanford is going to do something, they're going to let a bunch of people go, or Tony Khan is going to get back on Twitter. 
So eventually there'll be something to talk about. But right now we're in that uh we're in that slow period. Yeah, and well, because it doesn't always come exactly the same time every year. Like like for example, like last year they were they were still going pretty full tilt until maybe like June, the, the beginning of June. And then they then yeah. and, and then they were kind of then it yeah, then they were out of gas for a while. Um it looks kind of like that's coming earlier this year. Um, just based on what we've seen on TV the past couple of days and past couple of episodes. And then also, <clears throat> uh, well, you know, Hunter said the draft is on May 8th. And for all intents and purposes, that's almost telling you if you want to take the next, you want to take this month off, you know, yeah. Yeah. Podcasters find something to talk about for the next three or four weeks. Yeah, because yeah, because the only new thing going on is the, the Cody Brock thing, and well, I guess and well, what happened um, with Trish turning on Becky there, and that really seems like you know I saw somebody kind of post a theory that they waited to do that because it had been spoiled, you know, that the dirt sheets that are had had it out there that it was supposed to happen, and I think maybe maybe maybe. Predictions for WrestleMania. For WrestleMania, that uh, Becky would turn on, 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 or that Trish would turn on Becky. That was one of my predictions, and they waited, you know, a week. Yeah, and um, so that's really the only new stuff going on. Um, because the rest of it, like, uh, like Kevin and Sammy are still dealing with the Usos, and to be honest, um, to me. It's feeling kind of like overcooked a little bit now. Like, you know, I mean, you built up to the big moment at Mania. You you pulled that off, and now, you know, and and you did all of that. And now, to me, it feels kind of like now it kind of like, you know, like at the end of the Ferris Bueller when he comes back halfway through the credits, he's like, "You're still here. It's over. Go home." Right. <laughs> and um, it kind of feels. That kind of feels that way to me, right? Because, like, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, you can circle back to Jimmy and Jay trying to get the tag team belts back from them. Um, But I guess for me, um, I'd kind of wait for that. And then also, like, they um, they had a couple of these promos where Sammy is talking to Kevin, like, I can still get through to Jay, I can still get through to Jay. And to me, it's kind of like, I think, it felt to me like that that part of the ship sailed, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess for me, that's it's just kind of lingering around a bit long. Um, but I mean, there really isn't anything new. There isn't much new happening here. Um, <clears throat> so, and the draft is May eighth, and so I, I think. Okay. Yeah, you're. I think for me, as long as Sami Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens' storyline kind of ties, like if they tie it into Roman and like Roman's really after the Usos to uh, to get the tag team championships back, then I'm okay with this kind of dragging out a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how they play it into the larger, larger scheme. Yeah, because I guess I mean, because I, I was waiting basically because to see. You know, well, how's Roman going to treat Jimmy and Jay now? And they haven't interacted on TV since. 
and so now like but but they're still doing stuff with Sammy and Kevin and I guess I don't know to me it just kind of feels like it's kind of almost like hangover. Um Yeah, so I, it just, yeah, I don't know. It, but not like. Okay, oh, good. Sorry. I'm just, I, I think, um, I'm, we, we talk about it being the doldrums. I'm excited for WrestleMania Backlash. I know last year everybody kind of jumped on it because Backlash seemed, and it was, you know, rightfully so, pretty much just rematches from WrestleMania, but there were a couple of the matches that, ended up being better than the WrestleMania match. Yeah. Like, for my money, I love the return of Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, but this match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania Backlash was better. It was a better match. And, you know, so for that respect, and, you know, they're going to Puerto Rico. It's their first time. I, I look for them to really show up and show out on that on that show. Um, Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what comes forward. I, I'm really looking forward to the talking about that on this show for a little while that we really think they need a draft to kind of shake things up a bit. There's certain things that are turning a little stale. They've got to do something with the women. We could have a whole discussion about the women's division beyond you know, Becky, Bailey, and Bianca Belair. Like, they, they just had the tag team title switch. Now we've got Liv Morgan and Raquel as the tag team champions. Let's do something with that, man. Like, you, you finally got the belts on two women who aren't in the main event or the main title picture, I should say. Give them TV time, man. Give this, let this thing cook. Yeah, because, I mean, because, like, so this this is, <clears throat> and Liv and Raquel, they're on TV enough. They're not the Iconics. So, you got, you know, you have the titles on two people who do wrestle on TV fairly regularly. So, this is a good time to to not put them in witness protection. <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> and now of course they now the, you know the the thing is they they gotta <clears throat> establish some teams. Uh, now we know okay, so as soon as Ronda and Shane are ready to go, they'll be back. And I think ultimately, I think it's kind of everybody's expecting for them to win the tag team titles when they when they're back and ready to go. I think. Um, I well, I, I hope that they just use this opportunity to to make an an actual division, right? Um, right. Because Shayna and Ronda are right there when they're when they're ready to go again. You know, Liv and Raquel, I think, are a good team. I think you can. Um, well, Shotzi and Natty are still teaming up. There's no reason to split them up. I mean, just keep them together for a while. Um, and then. It looks like they're sticking with Chelsea and Sonya. I um I haven't heard anything about Carmella, but um I'm assuming she's injured or something. There hasn't been any news. Um, yeah, all, uh, maybe two, maybe a month ago was that she was pulled from pulled from shows. It didn't give a reason. It didn't say why. Uh, so I, I'm assuming injury. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to stick with Chelsea and Sonya. Um, so, I mean, they, you know, they have the pieces there to at least have some type of division. I hope they keep it together. Um, <clears throat> because, I mean, for the past, what, month or so, they were basically, they were in, the belts were an accessory. 
Um, and, you know, I mean, this is a chance to do better, right? And I hope they do. And, um, right. and you go ahead, finish your talk. Uh, and, well, because just, you can't, well, because what happens, well, we've seen what happens, right? Either <clears throat> they'll put them on somebody, they'll, where, where at least one member of the team is one of the top women. And then, you know, but then a lot of times when that happens, they become an accessory. Um, and, but then when they put them on people, two women who are not in that kind of top women group, then, then again, they, they might go into witness protection or they might just get kind of, kind of clumsily thrown around like they did with damage control, you know, and, and also I, I'm hoping for, to do something different this time. Yeah. You criticize not only openly on Twitter, but, you know, here on this show, Triple H's management of the women since he's taken over. Um, said something today. There was one of those, uh, give your WWE opinion that would have, you know, the internet out with you with the swords and your basic response was, instinct book the women better than Triple H has. And I can't disagree with that sentiment. I mean, I think there are certain women who have been booked fine. You know, obviously Bianca Belair has gotten ample TV time. One could argue that her feud with Oscar was almost a throwaway type of thing. There was something to do with Mania. And I won't disagree with that sentiment at all. Um, Becky is always going to get ample TV time. Bailey's going to get TV time. But in general, there's been some women where we're back to, you know, two to four minute matches and, you know, one, maybe two segments a night. And, you know, when we've got for past WrestleMania, it's time to really ramp that up. And this is very odd. This is kind of a hard discussion to, to have because NXT was Triple H's baby and it was very much at times the women's show. You know, when you go back to the black and gold era and, you know, the, the era of, you know, Bailey and, Charlotte, the four horsewomen, and, you know, moving on to Steve Baszler, the women were, and even now, even now on NXT, the women are heavily, prominently, you know, featured on the show. NXT this week had Tiffany Stratton and uh, Saul Ruka in a rather long match, and it was, honestly, I think it was probably a minute or two longer than their skill set is ready for, but they gave them time. Yeah. So it's very odd that you know, NXT is, you know, is, and, and again, this is Triple H's baby, but then we're looking at Triple H's looking through the main roster and we're not seeing the same ratio of, you know, men's time to women's time. It, it just seems like maybe there was just already stuff in the works. And, you know, I don't want to keep saying, the, well, let's wait it out, wait and see, because we keep doing that. But it's, I find it very odd. Yeah, and um, so that match last night, um, they went. Uh, how long did they go? Okay, so they went. Tiffany Stratton and Saul Ruka. They, I think they went about. Okay, they went. Yeah, that was, well, I think five minutes and forty seconds is for what they had on cage match, and that's so that's a little bit longer. Like Saul Ruka's been getting three or four minutes. Tiffany's gone a little bit longer. Like when they put Tiffany in there with a, a veteran, she's gone longer. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it, but I, I think it's funny because I've heard like mixed, I've heard conflicting views of it. 
I've heard, you know, I've heard some people who are really high on it. And then I've also heard some people like you said, it maybe was a minute too long. Um, but, and then it's, it's weird because they have all the, they, like they have over 30 women on the main roster. And so, you know, I've said that they've, well, that I think they just, they signed too many to up there because, It's just they they don't use them all regularly, and it's just I, I don't I mean well there's also like there, there's some you know I think hard conversations that need to be had amongst just everybody about having a women's division how you should have it how big it should be and all that kind of thing. Um, I think well I think I think there's proof in the pudding that, that having that the division on the main roster is too big. That there just is not, there's not supply and demand in the fan base, or there, there isn't the de, there isn't the demand in the fan base for that much supply. Um. Now, what is the right number? Um, that's kind of the, well, that's that's the tricky question because I when it because when the when the brands first started in 2016, they had six women on each show. No, that wasn't enough. Because you burn, you know, you got six women on each show, you burn them out real quick. Right? Because there's only so many matches you can do. Only, there's only so many matchups you have. And you, yeah, I mean, you could like literally burn them all out really fast. But if you only have six women on each show. So you need more than that. But now they got like 14 or 15 who are like primarily wrestlers. Then they, you know, then you can throw in like, um, you can throw in Scarlet, who jumps in there sometimes, and you can throw in, you know, Valhalla with the Vikings, and now Mozelina's resting a little bit more now, right? So you can, I mean, so they got over 30, and I think that's too many. So, and you need more than six per show, but having like 14 or 15 per show, they don't, they don't use the 14 or 15 the way that, you know, that you think they would if they had that many. And then also, like I said, the, the demand is not, the demand isn't there. I mean, cause I mean, you, you get past like the top dozen maybe. And if you put two women out there who are not in like that kind of top dozen and you listen to the crowd, it's crickets out there. Um, and some of that is that, you know what people, we only got so much energy and so much attention, right? Like, like we don't root, you know, we don't get excited for all the guys either. And, you know, there's a, we only got so much bandwidth and so much energy to expend for, <laughs> for, for all of these folks, right? And you're just not going to, look, you're just not going to get fired up about everybody. I mean, the bigger the roster is, it's just, you're just not. Um, you know, uh, and like I said, it's also true on the men's side. But look, if, if Cedric Alexander was one out of 15 men on the main roster, we'd probably be more, be more excited about Cedric Alexander, but he's one of like 40. And, you know, um, we got all these other people to go through before we get down to him. Right. 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 Um, so on the women's side, I mean, you got, like I said, you got over 30 women and then, you know, you get through the first dozen and then, I mean, people don't, People only have so much attention span. They only have so much energy. And, 
you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just, there, there's a middle ground between what they started with in 2016 and what they have now. I think the middle ground, I think you're better off finding that middle ground than continuing to try and make, make it work with 30. Now, I guess the kind of unfortunate part to that is that means people will get released. And, you know, I'm not about to make, start making a list of, well, they should get rid of this person. No, I mean, I don't, look, I don't get, I don't know how you handle it. I mean, other than, because, you know, you got a bunch of girls in NXT also. So, um, I don't know. I mean, just, you know, the, I guess the humanitarian in me just says, well, just, hey, keep them all, pay them all. Right. I mean, and hopefully, yeah. you know, you know, I mean, like I'm not, I'm not the least bit upset about, you know, 30 some women getting a good paycheck, to, you know, I mean, not at all. And if the ones who don't get as much time, if they're fine with the time that they get, then, you know, okay, cool. Right. Um, well, as we transition here down the road, you know, there's some, some rumor and speculation that Becky may be, you know, cutting her schedule back a bit, pulling back a bit. And, you know, obviously Charlotte is, you know, kind of pulling back a bit. As I, you know, last rumor I heard is that she may be going to set up a bodybuilding competition, which if she does, may take her away for a couple of months. Uh, I know Bianca did that uh, a couple months ago. Tomasa Ciampa did that one time last year. It takes time away from you to train and get yourself to where you can be for that competition. So it frees up slots here and there. But when you look down at the, you know, as you go down the pecking order of women, if you start at the top, there's not really anybody about to, I guess, quote unquote, age out. Everybody's still in the prime. You know, Bianca hasn't even begun to hit her stride. You know, Becky's still young enough. Charlotte's certainly still young enough. Bailey, all the all the top women. So are are we are those spots locked in for the next three to five years? And if so, as a as a female competitor, if you're happy with being in that lower lower tier card or maybe sitting and catering for months on end, paycheck perfectly fine. But I know a lot of these folks just want to work and. You know, that's that's going to be a tough call for them personally, because on one hand, WWE saw enough in you to hire you, but they've got too much else going on at the top of the top of the food chain to find room for you. And, you know, that that creates a problem. And like you said, you don't want to. You don't want to root for anybody to get released, and you certainly don't want to sit here and do an entire show where you compile a list of potentials. I mean, I could easily do that. I could easily look down the list and say, yeah. Don't don't dirty up your locker too much, but you know at the same time you don't want that. So right. it's I, I, I won't say that we're, like the roster's bloated to the point where it was in like late nineteen you know twenty twenty, but certainly there are a lot of people you know on the main roster. I'm not even looking at NXT because NXT is a it's a, a developmental program. You can develop people behind the scenes. They've got level up. They've got NXT. They've got Places for these people to at least go and do something. Um, but now on the main roster, it just there's five hours of programming every week between Raw and SmackDown, and there's what 100 150 people jockeying for TV right now. Something like that. Because um, it's I think because last I saw, like the women are about a third make make up about a third of the main roster. So and they're so you're looking at main roster somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred, maybe a little bit more. 
people. And I guess that's fine if somebody gets injured and you need to, you know, slot somebody in or if you want to give somebody some time off and cycle them. But if you're not on TV regularly and this, you know, is, is a solid argument, you know, if, if you're not on TV regularly, how do you get over? You know, it's like I take, I'll take a Dexter Loomis. You know, I know we've been talking about the women, but, you know, I'll take a Dexter Loomis. You know, Dexter's on, he's on, he's on. All of a sudden he's off the first week before he ever really gets momentum. You could slot half the women into that in, exact same scenario you know it's this ILE has been all but non-existent on TV um what's what's Emma done since she's been back oh yeah she's yeah um she's been uh what's his name's girlfriend yeah so it's it's god having enough you know talent to get the job done is a, a good bad problem I think yeah and um man And again, uh, it's just, it's tough because when, I mean, when certain women aren't there as far as the TV time, they don't really fill the void with, with other people that much. Like they have the ones, they're the ones who they put on, like they're ones that they put on TV regularly. And if some, if one or a few of them are not there, they don't really fill the space with someone you know, who's lower down lower. Um, cause right now, I mean, if you look at it, like okay, when that, when the full roster is there, like if you look at who gets on TV regularly, it's, you know, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, Bianca, Rhea, and then you got Liv and Raquel get on pretty regularly now. Um, and then, you know, EO and Dakota, you know, have been getting on regularly since, you know, because they were Bailey and, I mean, that's Oscar, yeah, and then that's kind of it, really? And that's like about 10. And then everyone else kind of, and then some people get cycled in and out, like Carmella will be on for a few months and then she'll be gone for a few months. And, um, you know, Sonya, and then I guess Sonya's on pretty regularly also. Um, so you have about a dozen women maybe who are on, when they're there, who are on, pretty you know rarely maybe not every week but at least every other week you'll see them or at least they'll or they'll have a taped video sometime or something and then but when when some of those women are gone that yeah because they, they don't really fill the space um with someone else like um and so that and so what happens is now yeah i mean if, if one of those women takes off then because you know, one of them, like, you know, some people, you know, with like, with Charlotte when she's not there, some people, you know, people, and I've even argued this that well, you know, when she's gone, you know, what do they do when she's gone? The, the, a lot of times they don't do a whole lot. <laughs> they wait for her to come back, right? And you know, um, so I don't, it's just it's 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 tricky because again, um, it's a tough thing to to book. It's not easy to book that. Um, it's, it's not easy when you, um, uh, when you look at the kind of, they're kind of real, what I call real world demand for the, for the entire roster, like where it kind of, at what point it kind of drops off on both the men's and women's side. Um, and I think it drops off kind of at about the halfway point for both. And man, when it drops off, it really drops off, right? I mean, it goes off a cliff. 
and, you know, and so, but I guess my argument would be is that like they could do more. They still could do, they could do more. They could do better. Um, find ways to, you know, the, the 12 women that you do get on TV regularly, you know, find, you know, find some more creative ways to, to use them, right? Or find ways, because now, and look, I mean, these past couple of weeks, you know, they brought, you know, Trish and Leader back, and now, and so they're, quote, unquote, taking spots, right? Uh, and uh, just a vehicle to, to, to ignite the, the Trish versus Becky, Becky can get that, that match. Yeah, but I guess at the same time, though, Technically, they are. I mean, you could say that's time that you know that those are two part timers coming to get you know getting TV time. Um, and at the same time, it's also kind of saying that they feel like they need to do that rather than go further down the roster and put some you know. I mean, it's kind of a it's a it's a little bit of both, right? It's they called them back because they felt like they needed them back there, needed them back. Not just because, oh, it's a cool thing to do. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just, there's a lot going on there. And the, the Trish and Lita argument is you brought up a really good point about this in our, in our group chat. Um, we often talk about the, the men's legends when they come back. There's a section of the internet that's going to complain, oh, why are they taking up five? But largely, we applaud the the Goldbergs and the Undertakers and, you know, for what it's worth, the Chris Jerichos and, and the people that are really at this point could take a step back. We applaud the, the men when they do it. But when the women come back, you know, we've got two women in their 40s who didn't really wrestle. When they wrestled, women were getting forced shit. They really were. I mean, yes. they were given a few spots here and there. But, you know, Lita and Trish really grew up in, in a very poor era, you know, in, in terms of their wrestling careers. So them coming back to collect a WrestleMania payday, you know, one more time in the spotlight under different management, under a different set of circumstances, and, and maybe a better way to end their career. Uh, I, I have no problem with it. I, I think it's, you know, it, we allow it for the men. And I think if we're talking about even playing field, even playing field for the women, and if there are any other women, like if they brought back Jazz and Jackie in six months for a run, I'd be okay with that. And I understand it does take time away from women who are established, but you know, I'm also looking at the, the, the contrast in how women were booked 20 years ago, or hell, even 15 years ago, versus the way they're booked now. And that's true. And um, I guess the other thing is that well, women's divisions across the industry, they, um, they're, they are very, I think they're more dependent on names than the men's side is. Um, cause I was looking back, like looking back to when the brand split first started, like on SmackDown, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people praised particularly like they had, you know, they had six women on SmackDown and they were, all of them had stuff going on. When they had to split grand pay-per-views, they had multiple women's matches, particularly, you know, um, and so I went back and I looked at it. And so here's the thing, right? So when that was going on, 
All right, so Becky was women's champion. She was a name that even that early, okay. But then also, Nikki Bella was on that roster, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, Nikki Bella's, you know, one of the biggest names ever in women's wrestling. So you can book, so now that enabled you to book another women's match on the pay-per-view. You could have your title match, and then you could book another match with Nikki Bella, which they did. Like, she had a... Um, she had a couple matches with Carmella. She had one with uh, Natty, all on all on pay per views, right? Um, and you had, and then look, and then at one point they had, um, they had the title match, which was Alexa Bliss and Naomi. Then they had Becky against Mickey James, two names, and then they had Nikki Bella in a match. All, you know, I think she was against, I think it was against uh, Natalia, and that was all on the pay per view. But as you see, those are all names, right? You got and. And and it's um and looks and it's some of it's yeah you know, it's just it's it's wrestling bookers have kind of a you know they have a tough time or it seems booking women's wrestling that isn't centered around names or uh, big names um and that I mean that's one example um when I think of other examples where there were like more women's matches than usual on a pay-per-view um like SummerSlam 2019 they had four women's matches on a pay-per-view okay so Becky defended the title against Natalia Bailey defended the title against Ember Moon they had a women's tag team title match but in one of the women's tag team champions at the time was Alexa Bliss the name and the fourth yeah. women's match the fourth women's match on that card was Charlotte and Trish Stratus <laughs> okay, and so you see when they have four women's matches on the paper, you see what they had. You see how it worked. Um, when you know, um, and that just kind of seems to be when they do ex- expand it out like that, and, and they give you more, or like like this year. Um, okay, you had the two title matches. Uh, you had the six women tag team match because you had Becky, you had Bailey, you had Trish Stratus, you had Lita, all in that match. And then in the showcase match, you had Ronda Rousey, right? Um, and that's how you I mean that's a big reason why you got that many matches, women's matches on that card because you had names to spread around. Um, you know, um, and it's just it's. And again, I, I don't know. How, I mean, I don't know the right way to to, to really to solve this problem uh, because you know when, when you get past because like, even with the women who are regularly on like Liv and Raquel are regularly on TV but there's a drop off like if you put Liv and Raquel Liv and Raquel versus Becky and Trish will do fine right Liv and Raquel versus Natty and Shotzi is yeah um, and that's not and the, just the interest level just drops a lot and then um, that's an issue. That's not exactly a booking issue because at least the bookers are putting them out there. Yeah. So either it's it's a combination of okay, are the women just not interesting enough to keep the interest, or do people just not want to watch women's wrestling? And I know that's a very controversial and polarizing statement to make, but there's a lot of people making that, and it's not that women's wrestling can't make money because it can, but it, it starts with the fans. You guys can't get out here and just hashtag it to death. You know, you, you got to get out there. You got to watch the show. 
got to go to the show. You got to buy the merch. You got to show that you're invested in these women beyond the top 12 women in the company. You know, you, you got to support the Shotzi Blackhearts. You got to support, you know, the, the Zelina Vegas and, you know, the, the people who aren't in the main title picture or even the tag title picture you know, on a regular basis. You know, I think Liv does okay. I think Raquel is gaining steam. But as, as a whole, we've got to support women's wrestling more than just for, you know, internet clout. You know, more than just going out there trying to gain followers by following, you know, by, you know, quote tweeting a hashtag. You know, watch the show, buy the merch, go to the shows, support them by actually supporting them, not saying you support them. And I think that's that's a huge issue. Yeah, and um and I would add look if if you're not satisfied with the women's wrestling that's being presented in the WWE, you should watch some you should find some place that is presenting it to your satisfaction and you should watch that. Um, you gotta be willing to do that, right? Um, um, cause look, I mean, you know, uh, cause we've talked about how Impact has done really well with their women's division over the years. Um, you know, look, Sasha Banks is over in, you know, she is wrestling for New Japan you know, for stardom, right? I mean, you know, um, if you were, you know, look, if, if you were very, being very loud on the internet, you know, supporting her when she left, are you watching her over there now? Um, well, she's only had a couple of matches, but still, I mean, the, you know, um, and like, we won't really know the results, like, cause until, I like, guess, later on in the year when she's had a few shows under her belt, we can get a better idea of, you know, if, if, there any, how, how much the numbers are moving over there. But if after, look, if after six months or eight months, if, you know, if there isn't much movement really, then, then I have to, then I'm going to have to call bullshit on a lot of you people. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, um, I think Mercedes initially will be a huge bump for New Japan. Obviously the first match with, uh, Kyrie was going to be, it was Kyrie, right? Yeah. It was Kyrie. She, she had the big match with Kyrie, which is a dream match on anybody's, anybody's bingo card. Um, you know, that's going to draw big numbers just because it's her first match. It's Kyrie. There's the history there. Um, so that's going to draw big. It, is it sustainable is going to be the question where Mercedes is, is concerned. I don't know. I don't know. And again, that comes down to do you really support the women or do you support the hashtag? Yeah. And, um, and also, I mean, I think, uh, I think, well, us fans got to be honest also, right? Uh, the truth of the matter is, okay, again, there are 30 women on the main roster. None of us support all 30 of them. Oh, Nobody. In WWE that I don't care to watch men and women. They're not that right. I don't care to watch. They don't, they don't move me. Right. And, and I mean, we got to be honest. about. We as fans need to be honest about that also. And I think at least on Twitter in particular, there's still a lot of kind of, now obviously look, they're assholes who are way too harsh to the women wrestlers all the time. But I think that there's also kind of, there's some folks who, that are kind of the opposite and it's just kind of kid gloves for everything also. Um, so, I mean, I think, look, you need to be honest with yourself as a fan. If there, there are certain, I mean, and, that's ultimately going to play out. I mean, because look, if enough people, if if not enough people are interested in 
this wrestler or that one is going to affect how they're booked. And that's just kind of is what it is. Um, um, and that a lot of people don't take this part of it into consideration. The part that you don't see is how well are these people doing on the house show? Like you see what you see on TV and okay. Yeah. Everybody pops on live TV and they'll pop for just about anything on live TV. But are these people generating heat at the house show? Are they drawing the gate? Are they, are, are they getting the crowd invested? And believe me, they could WWE pays attention to that. Yes. And that does play a big factor is to, okay, let's take Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans has been on the road loop for a month now. She's got some good heat behind her. Let's put her on TV and see what happens. They're not out there on the road figuring out a way to get heat for themselves. And, you know, if they're booking you on the house shows, they're booking you know, you're not sitting at home. Right. You're working out there, you're on the road, you're working. At that point, as a performer, it's up to you to figure out a way to draw that crowd in and then draw them into the next town and the next town and the next town. And eventually, over time, that builds up. And then you get this, this kind of groundswell of support for you that's undeniable and they put you on TV to support. You know, that is a factor. And a lot of people don't see that because they just see what they see on the TV. Like, well, I never see this one on TV. Well, there may be a reason. If they're in, if they're on the loop and you know their matches are you know they're happening, they're, they may be perfectly good matches. But again, we've got to remember what this is. And if you've got a character that people just aren't identifying with, or what you're doing in the ring is nothing that anybody's investing themselves in, it's going to affect whether or not you get time. And, and and you hate to think of it that way because there are certainly people that I like, but I also understand every reason why right now they may not be on TV. Yeah, and like, cause just, you know, I've been looking at all these numbers for over a year now. Um, and it can be, you know, uh, it can be very lightning and sometimes it can be very sobering. Uh, and cause there, you'll see people who you really like and like you'll just, and you'll look at what, and you'll just see, you know, what type of rating numbers their TV segments are getting. You'll see what type of views, you know, on the YouTube channel their segments are getting. And you'll see, like, there, there are people you really like, and you'll see, and it's just like, damn. <laughs> um, and, but it kind of informs as to why they're, you know, I, I'll just say this, you know, whatever you think of who gets pushed what way on TV, they got evidence for it. Okay. Yeah. And I can tell you, just me being just with my little kind of amateur level of, research they got evidence for for everyone that they're putting on tv in certain spots or putting on pay-per-views in certain spots they got evidence for it um you know i mean i know some people think that they're you know that well they're just putting their favorite people out there regardless um i mean yeah i mean every, bookers have their favorite people and they may do that like temporarily they may do it on a short-term basis right but they're not going to push somebody in a big spot for five, six, seven, eight years who isn't, who's not giving them anything. I mean, they're not getting any type of return on, right? Um, that's not going to happen. Um, otherwise they'd be out of business. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's just, um, it, well, like it's, it's not an easy thing to solve, but at the same time, you know, I, it's fair to criticize them because, you know, they're the ones doing the job, right? Um, so right. Look, 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 it's fair to criticize me and you for the job that we do, right? Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, 
you know, it, it's fair, to, you know, it's fair to criticize. It is right. Um, and so, and to me, you, you know, I, I always say with, with women's wrestling, you can't, you don't let up because I mean, the, the default position is to pull back and give them not that much time unless there's somebody, unless you have somebody who you know does so well that you have to give them time. Right. That's kind of the default position. Um, and so, you know, I don't let up. And then also, you know, you got to be, you know, the other thing is that as fans, and this kind of goes to the Twitter fans, you know, you got to kind of, well, if you're going to call, if you're going to call yourself, a, if you're going to label yourself publicly a supporter of women's wrestling, right? Then part of that is, you know, you gotta, you, you can't do that and then say, well, if, well, if this woman's in the top matches, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not watching her, right? Because yeah. again, if you're gonna call, if if you're one of these, because look, there are people who you know make who have a whole identity on social media of being supporters of women's wrestling, and they got their Twitter handle is, you know, that so they support women's wrestling and and you know it's in their bio and and all of this type of stuff. But then you kind of dig into the weeds a little bit, and you're like, oh, well, well they they support certain women wrestling. <laughs> they don't support women's wrestling. They support certain women who wrestle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and again, and look, that's your right as a fan. It is. But if you're going to call yourself a supporter of women's wrestling, if you're going to put that in your name, if you're going to put that in your bio – then it's a kind of a little bit disingenuous to, to only support certain people, right? And you know, or, or when when certain people speak up about something, you know, you're all ears. But then when when someone else speaks up about the same thing, you don't want to hear it. I mean, if you again, if you are a supporter of women's wrestling, if you call yourself that, then you know. It's kind of like, well, then I'm, I'm just, I know this is going to be sound like really like weird, crazy hyperbole equating professional wrestling to like civil rights or whatever. But, um, look, when you, when you, when you're advocating for more rights for, for more people, if you're working with the president of the United States, you got to work with the guy who's in the White House. Yeah. If we, if we, if we, if we look, if we're pushing for this, if we're pushing for something today, then we got to deal with who's there. <laughs> okay. We can't we can't yeah. say we can't say well until we get our ideal president then then we're not gonna we're just not gonna bother. Got to force the hand sometimes. Yeah, um, like a prime example, you know, like, and you know, I'm saying you're like a big U2 fan, and Bono was like this, you know, he's this activist and he's you know raises money for this that and other things, and he's a pretty left wing kind of guy. Well, during the height of they like uh, he was raising a lot of money for like to get. AIDS drugs over to, to Africa. This was like during the 2000s. Well, man in the White House at the time was George W. Bush, who was somebody who he you know, does not agree with on a whole lot of things. And he just, and he, by his own words, he just had to swallow it. He had to swallow his pride and just say, well, that, hey, that's the guy who's there. If he's willing to do something, then that's what I got to deal with. Um, and so, you know, I mean, if because some people weren't happy when a certain woman wrestler was 
advocating for her match to be the main event on night one this year. And, you know, um, and a lot of, and some people were not happy because it was her that was running her mouth about it. And, and my thing is, well, well, that's who's there right now. Okay. <laughs> that's who, that's who, that's who has an opportunity to have been in that spot. And, you know, if you want them, you know, you gotta, you may not like her, but if you agree with what she's pushing for, then if she's pushing for it and, and they, and they have a chance to do it, then, you know, if you call yourself a supporter of women's wrestling, then you need, you need them to get on the train and ride. Um, the way to look at that is, yeah, Charlotte was pushing for her and Rhea the main event. Some people said, well, she just wanted to see her herself in the main event. No, she wanted to showcase Rhea Ripley's ascent in a main event match. Which is, that's the way you need to look at it. You know, because this was absolutely the ascension of Rhea Ripley. And in Charlotte's opinion, and a lot of people didn't disagree with her, that deserved a main event spot. You know, unfortunately, you just had this white hot storyline that right. was Kevin Owens versus the Usos that absolutely outshined it. And you could, there's no way between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, there's no way you could have heated Charlotte and Rhea up enough to justify them main eventing over the Usos. I mean, would I personally have cared? No, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. But when you look at the, from a, a storyline standpoint, there was no way you were going to heat them up enough to justify booting the Usos versus Sammy and Teo from the main event. But when she's politicking for that, it wasn't just politicking for her. There was another woman in that match, folks. You know, and it was a very important match for that other woman. Right. So, and, you know, and then so... I mean, that, that, look to me, that's the way you got to think about it. I mean, and so I mean, it's just there's a there's a, there's a bigger there's just there's such a big complicated picture with all of this, and you know, then like everybody could do more, everybody could do better. I think um, I think everybody needs to be one number one, be honest with themselves, um, and. You know, because we'd be like, well, how much is, well, what's, what's the right amount of women's wrestling to have? Um, um, and, and that's. <sighs> Only the fans can determine that. Right. Honestly, I'm laying this 100% on the fans. If you guys are watching it, you're tuning in, you're watching it online, you're, you're watching the segments again. You know, when we get to a point, I'm not saying that every single woman on the roster should be or ever will be a top star, but there, there's certainly adults between the one, two, and maybe the third woman to the fourth, fifth, and sixth in terms of online engagement, um, the segments and the ratings on TV, there's a gulf there. And until that margin narrows and some of these lower card women start, that their segments start doing more and you start watching them more and you don't tune out, you don't, you know, change the channel or whatever the case may be, we're going to be stuck in this rut. We're going to be stuck in this cycle, and the bookers are going to look at that. The TV execs are going to look at that. They're going to say, okay, we want consistent ratings from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. And obviously some people are, you know, there's going to be high peaks and valleys in any rating. I'm not stupid. I understand how it works. But when the peaks 
are really, really high and the valleys are really, really low, TV execs want to see, you know, a, a narrowing of that margin. And until they do, you know, they're going to try to book the show in the way that gets the most consistent. It keeps people watching. And unfortunately, that, that falls on the fans. Your viewing habits. Right. And now, um, it, it does. It does. And, but as a fan, again, as a, as a fan, you, people, you need to be honest. Um, people need, people need to be honest with themselves as fans. If, if deep down inside, you know, if two women's matches in a three hour show, if, they, if that's really enough for you, and I don't mean that you don't want more, but if that's enough to satisfy you, then you need to be honest. Um, right. And, and honestly, I think, I do think part of the thing is that the, the, the larger audience, the larger, the, the larger audience is much easier satisfied than like we are. Right. Okay. I think the larger audience is fine having one or two matches with that involve some big names. And I think the larger audience is fine with that. Um, you know, and, and so, but if that's, and if that is indeed the case, then, you know, as I guess kind of the online section of wrestling fans need need to kind of accept that and need to accept that since that's what the larger audience, if the larger audience is indeed satisfied with that, then that means if they're going to keep this large number of women on the roster, then a lot of those women are going to be just be taking losses. Right. I mean, they're going to get, they're going to get fed to the names. Um, and you know, and you just, gonna, I mean, that's going to be reality, right? If, if, And as a, as a fan, then you need to be, I mean, you need to just be a realist and say, okay, well, like, look, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mia Yim. Mia Yim is, she's not a jobber, but she, for the most part, she, yeah, she loses to the bigger name women on the roster. Okay. She's, she's settled into a role right now. Yeah. Now I would like for her to be in a higher spot on the card, but at the same time, you know, she got released in 2021 and, and, I'm real happy for her to be getting a check right now. Okay. I mean, so I would like for her to be in a higher spot on the card, but in a reality, but I mean, there's a reality that again, they got 30 women on the roster. Um, the fan base at large is pretty much, they're not, they're not clamoring for three, four, five women's matches. Um, unless you can get three or four or five women's matches that have names in them. Um, but other than that, but the, the fan base at large is not really clamoring for all of that, uh, or they're not clamoring for much outside of, you know, matches with names in them. So as those of us who were kind of, again, the kind of extremely online part of the fan base, we need to be honest and we need to be, you know, we need to be honest and realistic about that. So if you if you are a big fan of somebody like Mia Yim or somebody like Shotzi or right, um, there's a reality that their existence on the roster is going to mostly consist of taking L's. Yeah. Um. And you know, I mean, you got to be realist about that. I mean, and it, you know, and yeah, you'd like for them to be higher or do more, or whatever. But that's, I mean, that's the reality with a 30 woman roster where there's only 
where people are basically satisfied with to be, you know, you can, look, you could give them the same 12 women year round and the, the fan base at large would be satisfied. Um, but you got 30 women. So in reality, and, and so in that, in this world that exists where you got, you know, 30 women on the roster and the audience is satisfied is, it would be satisfied with a dozen of them. Then those other 18 women are going to be largely taking L's. Let's uh, let's pivot here a little bit. Yeah, we've been going for a while here. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been going at that one a minute. And, you know, always always contrary to popular ribbing and joking on this show, Rob does love women's wrestling. I do. Trust me, I would not I would not do all of this research and all these different numbers and everything if I was not interested. Okay. Um, I, I <laughs> support it, uh, but you know we we like to rib 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 Rob about these rib Rob. Good God. <laughs> Speaking of t-shirts, let me invite you to go over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can go and find not only our t-shirt, but t-shirts from the other uh, podcasts from the Chair Shot Radio Network. Go check that out. Pick up a t-shirt for yourself. The Mindless Wrestling Podcast has one there. After, you know, two and a half years of listening to us, we finally got a t-shirt. I'm very excited about that. We like the design. You know, the three of us had some input on it. I think it's a pretty cool shirt. Go check it out. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. I uh, want to get into some little bit of a discussion here. And this is not a new topic. This is something that comes around once in a while from just that, that portion of non-wrestling fans that, that drive me nuts. And if somebody, somebody questioned something about Logan Paul and his involvement with WWE. And a guy quote tweeted and then got quote tweeted. This is how it ended up in my timeline. With the with the decades old, you know it's fake, right? Argument. And I just there, there's a new follower and our friend Nick, New Jersey Nick, who's been on this show before, uh, shared a, a tweet from a guy who had recently become a wrestling fan. And I, I don't have his Twitter handle up in front of me right now. Um, but the, the guy basically, he's like, for years I didn't watch wrestling because I thought it was fake and then he said, I didn't understand how people could watch it. And then he like researched it and, and looked into it a little more. Wrestling fans don't watch wrestling because we think it's real. And, and I think that's the part of this whole argument that that side of the fence doesn't get. It's like they think they're dropping some epiphany on us when they tell us or remind us that, you know, it's, you know, it's fake, right? Like, we've known. We've known what pro wrestling is for decades. I mean, I've been watching since the late 70s, early 80s. Rob's been watching since, what, 83, 84? Yeah. You know, and so, and, and we got, we both got the memo very early. Rob has famously <laughs> of what Rob Sr. told him about pro wrestling. Yes. You know, it's, it's, we got the memo very, very early on, and we don't care. Like newsflash, like this is this is this is what we hate to break to you folks. We don't care. We don't care. We know and we don't care. We don't watch it for that. I like to see a match that makes me believe. Yeah. You know, I like wrestlers who still suspend enough of the disbelief for me to go, hey, that was a really good match and it looked like they were really trying to fight. You know, I take, you know, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley from WrestleMania this year. That's a match I would show a non wrestling. I would show a non-wrestling fan Walter versus Sheamus or Walter versus or pretty much Walter versus anybody at this point. 
But yeah. there are a lot of matches that I would show people that, hey, look, this is why I watch. You know, yes, there's some ridiculous, silly stuff where you watch it and you're like, oh, God. And even sometimes as a fan, I ask myself, I'm like, why do I continue to watch this crap? You know? <laughs> Believe me, guys, I have my moments with this about once every six months where I'm sitting there, I'm watching. And it's not that I'm not enjoying it. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I'll see something or I'll see a wrestler or I'll just, I'm in a segment or a match and I'm just looking at this like, why do I keep putting myself through this? <laughs> <laughs> like, why do I still love this? I love this because it is such a unique entertainment medium. And there's nothing else in the world like it. Like, it's, it's live action drama, comedy, suspense, some supernatural thrown in. And it, it keeps me riveted, not because I think it's real, but because I, a lot of the times it keeps me riveted because I know it's not, if that makes any sense, Rob. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, I mean... Like we know just the same way that we, you know, we know that, you know, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor were not really sword fighting. Right. We, we know that. Right. Um, you know, we know that, you know, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth were not really fighting Josh Brolin. Right. Um, they weren't really fighting him. Okay. Um, now the difference is that. Now in pro wrestling, the the wrestlers are actually more likely to get injured because they are making you know they don't have stuntmen in there and they're not green screen or CGI or whatever, you know they're making like real contact with each other and you know when they're landing on the mat that mat is real, um, as you know, <laughs> right? As you, uh, it's, not, um, it's not comfortable. No, um, you know, and um, but to me, like. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, there's nothing like it. And to me, there's nothing like when two people go out there and they have a quote unquote fake fight that looks real. Right. Um, like to me, like, like to me, the, the highest compliment I would pay to any wrestlers is that your match looked like a real fight. Your match felt like you guys were having a real fight. To me, that's the, to me, that's the highest compliment you can pay now. But also, I mean, Wrestling is also fun because of just the ridiculous stuff too. Like the, you know, you know, Sammy and Johnny Knoxville. I would show somebody that. Like it just as another example. Like yes, this is also. I mean, you have people who make who go in there and act like they're having a real fight, but then you also have completely silly, ridiculous stuff like this also, right? And it's just fun, and you can laugh at it. Um, you know, now and I guess now where I, you know, now to me. You should do now for me. You should do one or the other, right? If you're going to do the ridiculous stuff, then then do the ridiculous stuff. If you're going to try to make it real, then you need to make it. Then you need to go all the way and make it look as real as you possibly can. Which right. now, which is why I kind of I hate people like the young bucks because they'll tell you, you know, they'll tell you, you know, because they want you to think they're having a quote unquote serious match, but they didn't. They just do a whole bunch of really ridiculous, stupid shit. Um. And I'm just like, well, why, how am I supposed to get into this, right? Whereas, look, I can get into Sami Zayn and Johnny right. Knox because they're not, you know, there's no, the, there's no false pretense there, with, right? 
you know that with, with Sammy and Johnny Knoxville, you knew exactly what it is. And they, they didn't pretend to be anything other than what it was. But, I mean, I, but again, I mean, I think that's, to me, that's the fun of it. It's both the people who make it look real and the people who just go out and do something just totally silly and ridiculous, you know, as, and, so me, as a, Amy and, and Johnny Knoxville, but I think a lot of people miss is that to the character Sami Zayn, that was a real fight. Like, yeah. he was there to kick Johnny Knoxville's ass, and Johnny Knoxville just kept, just kept clowning him. It, it, it really was slip on the banana peel, but Sami Zayn's part of it was very serious. Like, I mean, he's like, I'm out of, I'm going to kill this guy. This is my plan is to kill this idiot. But this idiot keeps getting one up on him, and that's the that's the nuance that I think a lot of people miss because they just look comedy and they didn't peel back the layers on. It. Right. Or like every year when they have like the you know they have on either like it's on Raw or SmackDown they have like like basically like, like the Christmas tree match, right? <laughs> you know, or the Thanksgiving Day match where somebody gets a turkey you know, slap on top of their head or something, right? And um, but again, you know, they tell you exactly what it is, right? They don't. You know, they don't try to pass that off as like a, a serious thing, right? Um, but like you said, with the thing with Sammy and Johnny Knoxville, like you said, Sammy Zane, the character, was dead serious. And, you know, and, and that's what, but that's one of the things that made it, made it work so well. Because, you know, one guy was, was, you know, one guy was dead serious and played it like it was 100%, you know, life or death situation. The other guy was, Basically pulling pranks on them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the, the whole argument is that, like, that, if there's any trope uh, uh, in, in wrestling period that needs to die, are, are the pe- not the people, but the trope itself um, is this whole you know it's fake right here. Yeah, we we know we we know guys. We got the memo. We got the memo four decades ago. We still don't care. If it lasts another four decades, we're still not going to care. Right. You know, it's, it's entertainment. We watch it to be entertained. And, you know, whatever that entertainment may be. And, and it's no different than somebody like I can sit there, my girlfriend, she watches horror movies. I don't like horror movies. It's not my thing. She loves it. I don't question it. I may, you know, jokingly say, I don't see how you can sit there and watch this stuff. And it starts and stops there. You know, I, I have no pretenses as to what it might be, what it, she enjoys. That's her thing. And vice versa with me and wrestling. She'll peek her head in if it's somebody she enjoys, or if I say, hey, this is going to be a really good match, you may want to sit down and watch it. Um, she'll come out. But largely, she leaves me. She leaves that. And that's just she, she doesn't watch it. And, but she doesn't sit there and beat me over the head. And she did when we first started beating. She was like, I can't watch that. It's fake. It's fake. I said, Mike, stop. Listen, once you accept what it is and understand that you're not watching it and I'm not watching it because I think it's real, and I explain this to her, but I don't watch it because I think it's real. I have no misconceptions as to what I'm watching. I watch it to unplug. I watch it for the characters. I watch it for the, the furthering of certain storylines. You know, if something, inve- if I invest in a character or a storyline, these are the reasons why I watch it. And sometimes I just want mindless, lowbrow entertainment. I spend all day at work thinking, thinking on my feet most days, managing people, getting things done. 
I spend 11 hours of my day thinking sometimes twice a week for three hours on Monday, one hour or two hours on Wednesday and two hours or Tuesday, Tuesday. Because uh, yeah, I don't watch the Wednesday show. Uh, and, and Fridays and then, you know, a, a premium live event once a month. I want to unplug my brain. I want to think just enough to follow along with whatever ridiculous storyline they've got going on in the moment. And I just want to unplug and, and play in a sandbox that makes no sense. Because my the rest of my life has to make sense. Yeah. And I guess and well, now and I guess for me when I am critical of things, I guess I I'm critical I look at it like, okay, what were you trying to execute here? What were you trying to get across to me here? And how well did you do that? So if I'm being critical of a match or a storyline, for me that that's the angle I'm always taking. Like, okay. So if I got an issue with where a match went, it's because I look at it like, okay, well, what were you trying to convey through this match? You know, what do I think you should have been trying to convey through this match? And how well did you do it? Right. Um, so if I say a match went too long, then t- to me, it means that, you know, f- for what they were trying to get across, they were out there too long. Um or it might mean that you know, that the people involved in the match maybe shouldn't have been out there that long, right? Um, and yeah, I'm not in. Thinking, look, sometimes you're being critical. It sounds like we're just like shitting on everything. I, I know, but to me, if if you're not, if if but if, if I if I feel like you're not conveying, if you're not getting whatever it is you're trying to get across to me then, yeah, I'm going to be critical of it. And I'm going to say, well, I think you should have done this, or, you know, maybe you shouldn't have done that, or you should do this instead, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't – that doesn't mean we're not enjoying what we're watching, right? I mean, and, you know, I make, like, the NFL analogy. Like, people, you know, millions and millions of people watch the NFL every week. And every week, you know, there's 16 games every week. And on any given week, half of the games are shit, <laughs> right? I mean, wow. like – like people can't move the ball down the field, guys are dropping passes. You know, I mean, on any given week, half of the games may be just bad. And people will say so. But that doesn't mean that they're, you know, down on the NFL. It just means that they're saying, you know, well, this this game sucked. Right? Yeah. Or <laughs> or in this game, yeah. you know, the quarterback well, sucked or something, you know? I mean. That's going to be any TV show or movie or any type of entertainment that you watch. I mean, what's the you and I are Star Wars fans. Obviously, Jason is a huge Star Wars nerd. But even things, when we watch, like, the movies or we watch the TV shows, you know, I have criticisms over what I've watched. I can watch an episode and say, that episode was really freaking good. And I can watch another episode and say, okay, that episode stunk. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop watching it. Doesn't mean I'm going to question every single little thing Star Wars ever. No, it's like, okay, that episode stunk. This is what I think they should have done. This is what I would have done. We move on to the next episode. You know, there's a difference between criticizing, being a fan and criticizing your shows and criticizing people for being a fan of a, of a show to begin with. And yeah. that's, that's the difference. You know, we, we criticize it because we love it. And, you know, there's a lot of people we've gotten on this show and defended WWE, and there's a lot of people that aren't happy with WWE, haven't been for a long time, and that's their truth. That's their criticism, and as fans, they're allowed to have that. 
but we're all swimming in the same boat. We're all still fans of this ridiculous thing that we watch. And we were aware. Most people that I know are well aware of how ridiculous. You know, and that's part of the fun is the ridiculous. You yeah. know, how outlandish it is, how out, and, and sometimes just outside the box. It is. That's what we like. Not because we think it's real, not because we really think that, you know, this guy and that guy, you know, at least what they're portraying on TV, hate each other. Now, you know, there may be people that legitimately don't like each other. That's human nature. But, you know, it's, it's just a thing. And it's, I, like you said, we keep going back around to that tired argument and it's, that's just, that argument needs to die. Yeah, it does. I mean, cause, I mean, yeah, well, well, cause, yeah, we, we know, again, like, we know they're not really having a real fight. Okay. Uh, we know. You don't have to tell us that. Um, and look, I, I think of that old video of, of, of David Schultz with, a with a John Stossel. And, and he's like, well, I think it's fake. Oh, really? <laughs> and then he slapped the upside of the head a couple of times. Like that, <laughs> he's like, that's fake to you? <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, it, Kurt Angle said it best in his autobiography. He was like, being an actual amateur wrestler, and, and I know this, and Rob, I don't know if your, your coach, because I know you wrestled in high school as well. Um, I don't know if your coach, I know mine did, he was very down on pro wrestling. Like, you didn't even talk about it in the wrestling. And if you didn't talk about it where you could hear him, and Kurt Angle was kind of raised that way too. In the amateur ranks, they really, they, they drill it into you. You don't watch that shit. It's not real, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And Kurt Angle for the longest time had this preconceived notion of what pro wrestling was and maybe it wasn't wrong but he's like okay and then when you know when the, when the amateur career was done he won the olympic gold and he's sitting around going okay i need a job and they reached out to him and he said well i don't know and then he's like i tuned in and i actually watched it and i got it he's like i understood every reason why people tune into this now and it's not because they're they think it's real and it's, I, I just I, that will always linger with me what Kurt Angle, you know, had to say about it. Yeah, and, and like if, there's any, if there's anybody who, you know, could have kind of sat on his hands and said, you know, that that stuff stinks. I mean, it's an Olympic gold medalist, right? I, right. right. But he was able to to figure it out. Um. And now you know we're in, and look we're in a day and time now where there are people who grow up wanting to be wrestlers because like look, when we first started watching pro wrestling was a career of last resort for people. Oh, it was a very closed door industry. You had to almost know somebody who knew somebody. Yeah. yeah or somebody had to, somebody had to discover you. Like, um, you know, we told the story about the, uh, the, you know, road warriors, you know, um, well, them, Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, Nikita Koloff, and a couple other guys all were bouncers in like the same bars, and they got discovered by basically the same. I forgot who it was, but you know, a, you know, a couple guys in the business came into the bar, and they just saw all of these like big, you know, you know, muscle, muscular dudes just handling people, you know, and just eventually that they, they all got jobs in the business, right, just from being seen there. But that used to be how how you had to get in. Right, and now we have this era now where you know everybody and their brother has a wrestling school, it seems, <laughs> and you know, and people grow up wanting to be wrestlers, and so like you know, it's easier to, to become one now than there ever has been, and there are more people who actually want to be one now than there ever have been, and and 
again, at the time, back in the day, it was career of last resort. There were a lot of guys in the business who were not happy to be there. All right. Um, and, you know, it's a different time now. And so I think, look, if, if, if you have people who grow up wanting to do it, then to me that, you know, that's enough to say that, you know, to get past any of saying it's fake or whatever. Right. I mean, there are people now who are going to schools because they really want to learn how to do this thing. Okay. And so if you're going to call it fake, I mean, you know, what would you say to all those, all these people now who grew up wanting to do this and who are, who are, you know, working their ass off to get into business. Right. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to them? Right. Or what would you have said to Hawk and Animal, you know, back in 1986? Right. Would you have gone, to the, would you have gone up to them and told them and said to them, yeah, you guys do this fake stuff. Um, I don't think you would have. Okay. You probably wouldn't have, and you probably wouldn't have said much after if you did. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, or I'm like, we've seen guys like Roddy Piper, how he would just like hear him the way he would get pissed off at people saying stuff like that. You know, and he would just run through his like litany of injuries that he had to deal with. You know, and you know, I was like, well, how, you know, well, and then he would just be like, well, okay, with all that, and how, you know, how do you call this fake, right? Yeah, the risks are real and the injuries are real. Yeah, man. And so, just, I mean, if you're wondering how people can enjoy it, just it's the same way people enjoy whatever else they're into, right? I mean, I mean, you know, whether it's other sports or. TV shows or comic books or video games. Um, I mean, look, if, you, if, you're, if you're a heavy gamer, there's somebody out there who wonders how you can possibly sit there for hours and play video games, right? So if you can explain that to them, then you should be able to understand why somebody will watch hours of pro wrestling, right? Um, you know, or if you, you know, if you like to, you know, read comic books, which, you know, you know, somebody will wonder, somebody will openly wonder how you at 40 years old can be reading comic books. And, and if you can take, if you can explain that to them, then yeah, you should be, you should be able to understand why somebody would be a wrestling fan. I think it really, it really is a fun time to have, man. It's a fun thing to go to, right? Um, it is. A lot, like live wrestling shows are a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and just like, look, I mean, there are people who love going to minor league baseball, right? And we'll take this minor league baseball games are just some of like the most fun you can have at, at a sports event. And that may not make sense to you, but it makes sense to them. Right? Right. So being, right. it's fun. Being a wrestling fan is fun, everybody. Absolutely. Don't be ashamed of it. And, you know, let's rock along with it. So I don't really have much else here tonight, Rob. Yeah, because um, we're already starting to ramble here, and we but, are. But um, look, it's that time of year. Um, you know, Jason, you know, even said that look, um, like you don't have to be a hundred percent plugged in and wired into this all the time. This really is, if you're looking for a point in the year to kind of dial it back a little bit, this is it because. You know, the draft ain't until May 8th. Um, you know, 
this is a good time to kind of, you know, scale back if, you know, and not like, don't make a job out of this. Right. Don't, don't do that. And so if you're like, if, if you're finding it and you're struggling to get through right now, this is a good time to take a break. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know, look, I know uh, Vince and Hunter don't want us to tell you that, of course, but, um, yeah, I mean, so that we're not going to be, you know, listening to the podcast every week because we're going to put out content every week. Yeah. But, you know, when, but what, you know, what, what we pride ourselves on doing here is that, you know, we don't try to, we're not going to try to create news or make mountains out of molehills. If there just isn't really much going on new to talk about, then we'll find something else to talk about. Which is why next week, unless something monumental happens in the next seven days, I think we're going to do another watch along. Uh, we're kicking around the idea of, I'm not even going to name the match. I'm going to let you guys be surprised when we do next week's episode. Rob and Jason and I have already talked about it. We've got the match kicked out. I think next week, you know, we'll talk a little bit if something comes up, but we're going to do another watch along. We yeah, got, uh, we got a good reception to the last one we did, and we had a good time doing it. Yeah, and it, it, it's just folks, it, it's going to be fun. And the, 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 the shovel, the shovel's coming out next week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> next week we'll have a watch along and a return of the golden shovel. The golden shovel will be back on the podcast. So let's call the go home there, uh, Rob from the Rob the Genius Podcast, buddy. Fun night tonight. Thanks for. Trying to make this work, I know with me being mobile, it's a little odd, and I know you're handling the editing duties tonight. I appreciate you for that. No problem, man. Always a pleasure. All right. And, again, I am DJ. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. Again, you can find us not only on thechairshot.com, but anywhere where you listen to podcasts. You can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want. But call it in the ring, and we're out till next week.